Despite what beautiful, glossy social media and advertisers would have us believe, making it through life's challenges is not summed up in five easy steps. And we don't find peace in the storms of life from a handbag, face cream, or the latest sneakers. Life is challenging. And sometimes life is stage four metastatic cancer challenging. So how do we make it through all that life throws at us? Hi, I'm Jane Chalon, and I have had the privilege, honor, and blessing of working with cancer patients since 2011 as the palliative care chaplain at Yale New Haven Hospital. As I have listened to patients over the years process their living, dying, healing, and not healing, I have been struck again and again by the profound spiritual insights and resilience that have surfaced in our meetings, and I've often thought that these incredible nuggets of truth should not be for my ears alone, but instead should be offered to the world. Now I know that cancer patients often hear that they are an inspiration. They're so brave and so strong. And for most patients, this is the last thing they wanna hear as they're crawling into bed exhausted after just a walk around the block. But I also know that you do not need to be a published best-selling author You do not need an alphabet of degrees after your name. You do not need a fancy job title or a million followers on Instagram to have a profound, unique, and important perspective on life and how to survive and even how to thrive in the midst of it all. The patients, caregivers, and clinicians that you will hear from have been through it all, supported it all, and seen it all. The stories, interviews, and voices you will hear in this podcast will change you. They've changed me, and I have watched as they've changed others. So get ready to laugh, cry, and be moved to a deeper place. Get ready to find a way forward. Welcome to In the Midst of It All. This podcast could not begin anywhere else than with an interview with Rodney Staggers, who helped birth the idea behind this podcast. I like to tease Rodney and tell him that he's like the mayor of Yale New Haven Hospital, right, Rodney? Yes, yes. (laughs) Because whenever I clumsily push Rodney's wheelchair through the hallways, he inevitably sees a whole bunch of people who know him. And all the people who know him do not just politely wave. When they see Rodney, they come running up from across the hall and say something like, Rodney, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. How are you? And no matter how Rodney is feeling in that moment, he always responds with a word of encouragement for the person and begins to ask them how they are doing. Rodney is gracious and generous beyond measure. And I'm not just saying this. This is not just some kind of lip service I'm saying for a podcast. Rodney has truly changed my life with his creativity and compassion. And his impact on me is just a drop in the bucket of what he's done in this world. Rodney has impacted so many people with his writing, his speaking engagements, and just Rodney being Rodney. Whenever I've heard him speak on a panel, people often tell me that they remember his words in particular long after the panel is over. I know that Rodney's story and faith will make a lasting impact on you. And knowing what I know of Rodney, I believe you will finish listening to this interview with a little more joy in your heart. 
So I could not be more excited than to start this podcast series with Rodney Staggers, who has found faith and real strength in the midst of it all. Rodney, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jane. It's so good to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) So I thought the best thing to do to start our interview would just be for you to tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are. Well, my name is Rodney Bernard Staggers. I'm born and raised in New Haven, Connecticut. Went to New Haven schools, which was a challenge for me, having being born with cerebral palsy. People sin, seem to look at you different when you have challenges in your life, but it just made me persevere even the more to make a positive change in the world. So I just like to bring a smile to people's faces no matter where I am, whether it's in the school system, going to doctors, um, being with family, friends. I'm just a people person. You absolutely, absolutely are. Yeah, and I know you I know you have a really big extended family, too, who means so much to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, could you tell us a little bit more about them and the important folks in your life? Well, the first one I would say would be my mom, who is my hero. Other people have, you know, football players for their hero, but my mom is such a big inspiration and a great hero in my life because she taught me how to just go after what I wanted in life and to push forward even through obstacles. So my mom is my hero. And then there's my sister, Cynthia. She's like a second mom and She's just awesome, and and my brothers are in my corner. Of course, I'm I'm the youngest of four, four children, and I just, I'm a family person, and I'm very protective of everyone in the family, especially my nieces and nephews. Yeah, and I know you have been just so uh, gracious about them all and always expressing gratitude for for all that they do and that they are so grateful for you as well. Yeah. Because I know you're always reaching out to them and checking in and providing support to them as well. Yeah. Yeah, I believe in trying to help wherever I can. Yeah, and you certainly do. Absolutely. Um, so could you tell us a little bit more about what it was like growing up with cerebral palsy? Growing up with cerebral palsy was a great challenge for me. Um, not being able to do a lot of things that other children did, like ride a bike, play basketball, um, you know, because having having cerebral palsy, the type of cerebral palsy that I have is spasticity cerebral palsy. 
which means it affects everything in your body, your immune system and everything. And I know one of the doctors told my mom, if I live past a certain age, I'd be a miracle. So, Wow. And have you lived past that age? Oh, yes. Oh, awesome. Oh, oh definitely. That's yeah. amazing. Yes, because they said that my mother would have to do everything for me because when I was born, I wasn't, you know, I, my development was very slow. Hmm. And that affects your learning and everything. But I went through everything and it wasn't easy, but I did it. I yeah. graduated from high school, middle school. It's awesome. I mean, there were challenges and it was very different, but I could say it taught me to be a better person, a more caring person, somebody with empathy and sympathy for others and compassion and Hmm. Just have inner strength. Yeah. Because everybody in the world is not as nice as you think they would be or should be or could be. Right, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm just um, remembering how you told me that often you would kind of drive by playgrounds and things like that and sort of look at the swings and think, oh, I want to, I wish I could do that and sort of tears would well up. And I think a lot of people, you know, could take limitations and experiences like that and actually get really resentful and angry and sort of draw within. And here you're explaining to us that you actually, it it drove you to to give back to people, to help people. So how how did that happen? Because when I realized there are certain things in life that I cannot do, mm-hmm. I don't let it stop me from enjoying life or giving back to others mm-hmm. because it helps me to help others, mm-hmm. to give someone an encouraging word, to let them know, oh, you can make it, or I'll help you with this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm an expert on everything, but the knowledge that I have, I don't mind sharing it with the world. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes when you're born with a disability, people in the world look at you differently, and some people count you out because they feel that you can't do anything, and that's not so. Mm-hmm, Right. So you have you've had people tell you that you can't do certain things, even with, you know, the doctors at your birth. Yeah. And I've had uh, even neighbors to say. You don't deserve to be on the earth. Oh, my God. So and if I can if I can push through that and know that I am somebody great, a man of encouragement, a man of wisdom, a, a man of compassion mm-hmm. and still look you in your face after you tell me that 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 could really break a person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you're getting messages and words like that. 
um, it can so impact, um, you know, your mood and, and how you view yourself and yeah. understandably so, you yeah. know, if you're getting yeah. a lot of this, yeah, it's kind of hard not to take that in, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So you find that giving back to people kind of helps you not take that in. It kind of helps empower you and overcome those messages. I take the negative and try to flip it over to become a positive. Mm. Yeah. Even in my health, because with cerebral palsy, you deal with other other health issues because my immune system is sensitive. Mm. And having cerebral palsy, which people, a lot of people don't talk about cerebral palsy because... I really don't think a lot of people are aware in what cerebral palsy entails. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you want to describe that a little bit more? Cerebral palsy is in a very serious disability. It can affect everything, your immune system, your brain, your legs, your arms, your speech speech, your eating, your seeing, your hearing, and mm. even doing research on cerebral palsy. Some people don't live past a, a certain age because your body just deteriorates. Mm. See, mm. people are quick to talk about cancer and other illnesses. A lot of people don't talk about um, having cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. You're right, and there are some other rare diseases too. Yeah, that we um that that we see at at Smilo Cancer Hospital, and um, it's very hard. I think especially hard when people don't understand yeah. the illness in the public. Yeah, you know, they don't understand what you're really going through. People um, look at you like you're from outer space if they see you in a wheelchair or on crutches or on a walker that mm-hmm. they think it's something like a cold they can catch. So mm-hmm. they kind of shun you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's all these kind of, there can be all these negative outside, um, you know, comments uh, about what you can do and what you can't do. I know too that sometimes people um, you know, when they get cancer or have another, you know, disease or rare illness, they sometimes feel like, what can I do now? You know, I'm wheelchair bound or I'm legally blind or yeah. I can't get out of bed. And that's um, another thing. Having cerebral palsy makes your immune system sensitive so you're you're you are you can get other illnesses with that. Right, right. You know, like prostate. Yeah situation with what I'm dealing with now. Yeah. And I'm I'm not ashamed of it. I mean it's not it's not a picnic, but you gotta mm. just take it and deal with it the best way you can and let your providers and and your family know, hey, this is what it is, because when you have those things, it affects other organs and Mm-hmm. Your system and yeah, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's not, not. It's not easy, and it's an uphill journey. 
Right, right. And as you talk, I'm just thinking about all the things that, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people when when they're facing a chronic illness or any illness, for that matter, um, when they say it's not easy, uh, people don't really quite understand all the not easy. I know you um, not only are wheelchair bound and legally blind, but you also have been through how many surgeries now? A uh, hundred and five. Oh my goodness, 105 surgeries alone. And then um, this plasticity in your skin makes it so that it's um, really painful to get shots, right? Yeah. And blood draws. Yes. But yet you have to do those often. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's lots of tests, lots of appointments. Just navigating um, all of this can be so tough. And so as you, you know, kind of hear the negative outside, Sometimes people also have that internal message of like, I can't, I can't do anything in this state of being. I'm dealing with so much on my own or what can I offer? I'm, you know, in my house and I can't do much. Yeah. Do you have any advice for folks that feel, feel that way? Because I know a lot of people do. Um, it's, it's good to find somebody positive mm-hmm. that you can talk to. And with this podcast, I hope it brings a lot more people to ask questions so that we can get a support group going, Mm. you know, so that we can build up each other, not tear each other down because there's a lot you can do being wheelchair bound. Mm. There's a lot of things out here. We just have to connect with the right people. And hopefully when people hear this, when they hear me speaking, Mm -hmm. realize that there, there are people that want to go to, the movies and your movie theater may not be accessibility. Mm-hmm. And they might want to go to the grocery store on their own or they might want to go clothes shopping or sneaker shopping. We have the same wants that anybody else wants in life that we want to do. Mm-hmm. Go to the mall and yeah. hang out. But transportation is so different for us. Yeah, yeah, it so, is. So very different. Right, right. Do you want to share more about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, having, having transportation issues, whether it's, you know, for leisure or doctor's appointments, it can be very frustrating at times because, mm-hmm. you know, even getting here for me, it yeah. was a challenge. Yeah. One van came to pick me up, and if you're not outside uh, at a certain moment they'll leave you they don't even give you a chance mm-hmm. knowing that you're okay physic you have some physically challenges and you can't move as fast they don't they don't really care to be honest mm-hmm. they don't care mm-hmm. yeah 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 so you this morning were able to get another van yeah and I know you are so good about advocating for yourself you're so so good about that it gets overwhelming at times, but I try to channel it to, okay, every day is not going to be perfect, but I'll make it through this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it just makes me think of like, you know, when you're on the phone on hold forever, you know, with a credit card company or trying to cancel something, um, it can get really, really frustrating. You get the run around. You're trying to do, I don't know, reset your passwords of something. Yeah. You get all these runarounds. Yeah. 
in in sort of regular life, but when you're dealing with um, medical treatment, you have those runarounds all the time. Yeah, because um, you, we have to yeah. get we have to get the providers to listen mm-hmm. with compassion when you're dealing with the with the person. We're not only a patient, but we're a person. Yeah. We're human. Yeah. We have feelings. So listen to us mm-hmm. because we can tell you more about us than you can tell about us because you're just meeting us. So listen. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've seen you actually interact, too, with, um, you know, phone calls and phone trees and press this one to press that one to get to this one to get to that to try to access resources for yourself. Yeah. Um, and you are really good about taking a deep breath. And you're always so positive and patient with the people on the phone. Um, so I'm curious, where where does that come from? And maybe maybe this is a chance, too, to, to share a little bit about your faith. And yeah. Well, that's exactly where it comes from because yeah. how my mom raised me, she always told me, you're going to meet some people in life that are going to be nice. Mm-hmm. You're going to meet people in life that are not going to be so nice. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where my faith just takes over and, you know, and I just lean on my faith. Not that I don't get upset because I'm human. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. I get upset. I get frustrated. I get tired. I get weak. But then my faith kicks in and says, you're going to get through this. Yeah. 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 So, so tell us a little bit more about your faith. Um, My faith carries me through everything I go through, everything I go through in life. Because even now, going through certain um, situations with the, with the prostate and get chronic other things going on, a, mm-hmm. a UTI, which... Is very painful, mm-hmm. which affects everything for me because if yeah. I get in pain, then I can't really hold any food down because I've had over 30-something UTIs. Right. Yeah, they've just been nonstop over yeah, the last I ha- couple I ha- years. I have, yeah. I have one now, and I'm not ashamed of it. I, just, I don't like it, but right. we all deal with stuff that we don't like. Yeah. I don't even like having cerebral palsy. Yeah. But it's a condition. I'm diagnosed with cerebral palsy, but I don't let it stop me from living. Right, right. And I remember once you said it doesn't define you. Yeah, it doesn't define who I yeah. am. Yeah, that's I'm amazing. A, I'm a person with compassion. I'm a person who likes to do yeah. things. But there's a lot of obstacles out here because there's a lot of buildings that you can't even go to the store because there's there's steps and there's it's not wheelchair accessible. Right. There's buildings, there's libraries because I love poetry. I'm I'm an outgoing person, but when you have a disability and you have all these barriers and the world is not looking at the barriers because they can walk or or whatever and mm-hmm. they're they're not thinking about that. Yeah, right. I would like to go to restaurants or or even 
do Uber Eats. I can't do that because I can't type because of this, the cerebral palsy. So I, I can't do that. I'd have to wait mm-hmm. for somebody to, to you know, either go buy it or somebody else do the Uber Eats or get some. Right. Yeah. You have to depend on others, right? And for that's, so much. That, that's what I really don't like. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful, don't get me wrong, but I don't like to have to depend on others. Right, right. Because you never know what people are saying when you're not around. Mm. And I remember you telling me, too, like, your cabinets got empty one time, and you had to wait. to You asked someone so politely, and they couldn't make it for a couple of days. And yeah. You, so you had to wait. Um, yeah. And so it just, it's a lot of patience. I think that you have yeah, and that and inner strength to be able to continue to be so positive and keep smiling and keep always reaching out to other people to help them. Yeah, because even yeah. when I face obstacles like like the cabinet issue, you know, reaching out to certain organizations and they don't want to, they want you to come outside and wait. You're coming outside to wait. And you don't know what that person will do to you because if they mm-hmm. see you in a chair, they look at you as an easy mark. I don't want mm-hmm. it. I don't. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to put myself in danger. I yeah. love myself. I can't love you without loving myself. So right. I got to protect me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we've kind of been focusing on all all of what's really been hard, which which there's a lot of hardship, and I think it's really important to share with the listeners. All that what not easy means. Yeah. Um, but there's also so much good that you do, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you do. You are out and about in the world, Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. can you share um, a little bit about um, how you, you know, overcome the obstacles and all some of the fun things that you've been able to do? Um, well, I, I recently um, wrote a book. Mm-hmm. And I know That's people, right. people like, How'd you do that if you can't write? Well, God will put an angel in your life, and mm-hmm. she might not think she's an angel, but Jane is an angel for a lot of people at Smilo. Oh my gosh, Rodney. She really helped me out. I was like, I would love to write a book, but I can't write because of the cerebral palsy. And she was like, if you tell it to me, I'll write it for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, Ronnie, you're gonna I'm tearing up here. So <laughs> thank you I for really, those kind words. I really I I really am thankful to Jane for so much. Oh, thank thanks, Rodney. Yeah. It's good it's mutual for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we should probably tell folks how that all came to be. Um, you kind of mentioned it. You were you were wanting to um, write your story. We were meeting. We were sort of processing and praying about the grief of the loss of that, right? Yeah. Grief comes up, you know, with the loss of a loved one, but certainly with other losses. And that was a huge loss. And so yeah. we were processing that and praying about it. And then one day I said, well, why don't instead of processing it, let's just write it. And so it was two years, I think, we took together, right? Mm, yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Where you would, instead of kind of processing that you can't do it, we would you would come in for the regular, you know, time where we were scheduled to meet, and you would speak, and I would type. 
right? And then we'd go back and forth like that. And it was awesome because it was it was around a time for me that um, I just found out that I was legally blind. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was another obstacle. I'm like, okay. But I always say, if God bring me to it, he'll bring me through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You have such a strong faith, and I think that is what really um, keeps you going. That's what, that's what I've really found in our, um, you know, meeting together over all these years, that yeah. your faith keeps you going. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking here. I have um, a little excerpt from Chapter 2 of your book. Um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I, I wanted to share too, that after you wrote your book, um, uh, you've been asked by lots of different places and churches to come and share your story and read your story. And people have been so moved by it. Yeah. 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 My, actually my godmother was the first one who I, um, she planned a service a whole church service. My godmother planned a, mm. a service with her daughters and the rest of the church. And they even came. I didn't even have to worry about transportation. They came to pick up me, my oh, mom, my sister. And the service was so, so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Oh, that's so good. You deserve that. So, and, you know, I talked about my book and... We we just had a beautiful time in the Lord. It was it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I thank her for that because she didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is amazing. It's those angels in your life, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That organize these things. And, yeah, and she was one of them for sure. Yeah, and I know you. We've sort of self-published it at this point. Yeah. Um, if folks really would like to read Rodney's story, we will have a short version of, of Rodney's stories up on our website. And we will also, um, if it's okay with you, Rodney, um, publish yeah. uh, his full his full book um, so that you can take a look at that as well. I really oh, commend that's it. Fine. There's so much. Good, good, good. <laughs> there's so that's many. Fine. There's so many wonderful pieces in it. And so I just want to read um, this little uh, excerpt here right now. So you write, um, when people teased me, I shed tears, but I believe God bottles up those tears and sends them up for his tinder. Being teased is not a pleasant feeling, but I learned to embrace it and help people understand that I am a person just like they are. I am happy. I am sad. I cry. I laugh. I learn to persevere. I endure. Everyone has a cross they need to bear. This just happens to be the cross that I bear. Yes. Yeah, so beautiful. Thank you. And that's just a, that's a little tiny excerpt. So I cannot commend enough um, Rodney's story to to all who are listening, for sure. Um, So we wrote the book, and then um, shortly thereafter, I want to say like maybe a year after, we were suddenly um, not meeting in person. We were meeting over the phone. Yeah. Never forget it. And it was the pandemic. Um, and you had such a heart for people who were in the hospital alone because you've been in the hospital so many times inpatient. 
And you asked me, you said, hey, hey, Jane, could you find a book, like a prayer book or a book of stories or something to give to these patients so that they don't feel so alone? Um, and I thought it was such a beautiful thing. And I went researching and researching. And I thought nothing quite fits to give out to kind of every single patient in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And and then we talked again, and you, in your great creative motivation, <laughs> said, hey, Jane, have you found a book yet? And I said, no, I, I, I looked. I can't find anything. And we talked. Oh, that's a shame, you said. And um, and then I said, hey, why don't you – kind of really teasing. I said, hey, Rodney, well, why don't you write one, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> Right. And then we got to brainstorming, the two of us, yeah. after that. Yeah. You said, okay. And then I thought, oh, wait, actually, maybe we could do this. Right? Yeah. And it was amazing how it came how it came about. Because mm-hmm. yeah. when, when we did it, people were, even other people in the hospital, like, hey, you're the one that wrote the book. And <laughs> right, right. we have you upstairs. And I'm like, uh, okay, I've never been right. on I've never been on that floor. Yeah, if you if you were the mayor of Yale New Haven before the book, you know, you were, you know, the president of Yale New Haven. Yeah, cuz I don't even get in the hospital good until somebody's like, "Hey, I saw you." <laughs> right. Right. We've got Rodney's picture on the first edition of our book, which was called Spirituality Through Our Struggle, uh, a title that Rodney and I came up with together. And so as we were sort of brainstorming, we were realizing, hey, you wrote your story. Other patients could write their stories, too. So why don't I try to go look for patients um, of all different faith backgrounds, people who have faith, people, you know, who may identify in other ways. And why don't we get all these folks who who have been through um, what those folks are, are going through now in the hospital and get their stories and get their inspiration and their their encouragement and their advice um, and also, also very much so, like a joining of I've been there. It's hard, and you know, um, it's it's you're going through a lot right now, and we're here for you. Yeah. Um, you need that support system. Yeah. You yeah. really do. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. You know, you've talked to about when you're in the hospital, just seeing someone come through the door means so much. Yeah. It means so much. Yeah. Yeah. And what what brings tears to my eyes is when when they first come to the hospital if they're if they're coming from home and they're coming in the ambulance and they're not with a loved one or a friend. Mm-hmm. I know it's got to be scary. Mhm. Yeah, right. Especially if it's one of their first times. Yeah. Um in the hospital and everything is really unfamiliar. Yeah, yeah. So having that person walk through the door, in this case, having a a book, you know, land on their bedside table where they can read and see that other people have been there and how they have found ways to make it through. Yeah, because I feel feel they need that. Mm -hmm. And I also was thinking about, and I know I didn't mention this to you yet, I know with the pandemic, we probably can't do it yet. I said, when the pandemic is finally over, I'd like to find some way to go to the um, office where they volunteer and let them know I would like to go and sit with some of the patients once the 
pandemic mm-hmm. is over, just so they can have somebody there. I mean, the book is good, right. but it's also good to have a a person just there so you can mm. talk. Or even if yeah. you didn't want to talk, you just want somebody to sit there with you. Yeah, yeah. I would do that. Yeah, yeah, that's so generous. That's just so, so generous. And I know Volunteer Services is always looking for volunteers. So, you know, folks listening to are interested in volunteering, definitely reach out to them. They're um, a really great support, and they provide so, so, so much for, for patients in the hospital. Yeah. It's true. It's every every person that walks through that door, you know, if they're there to really listen and to be of comfort, it means it makes such a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we brought together, we found a, a bunch of, I found a bunch of different patients um, who are so, so incredible. I'd been meeting with with lots of folks that I thought, oh, my gosh. You know, as we were coming together to, to write these stories, I thought, it, this is what I've been wanting to do for years, which is why I say, Rodney, that you really did, you know, change my life. You gave me that creative motivation to go mm. because I would meet with folks like you who have been through some of the hardest challenges, as I say in the intro, yeah. and, and, and yet have found a way through. It doesn't mean that they've found a way to, oh, now I'm all better. Yeah. Sometimes it's a, it's a way in the midst of it all. And to just have an easy way to, yeah. I won't even say easy, but a more comfortable yeah. way to deal with whatever is right. going on at that, that time. Because once you get hit with something, one thing, the doctor or the clinician will come in and say, well, we might have to do this this way because mm. this didn't work. And yeah. you're like, oh, this means a longer hospital stay, and more needles, more tests. And Anybody that knows me, I do not like needles. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's not because, so it's not because I'm being a baby, but it, it's very painful because a lot of people don't don't realize either that having cerebral palsy is painful within itself. Yeah, yeah. So when you're inflicted with more pain on mm. on top of dealing with cerebral palsy, no, you no, it's not right. a good mix. Right, not a good fit. Yeah, yeah, especially with the the plasticity in your skin too yeah. and how it reacts and yeah. sort of um like pulses and tenses up and things. Yeah. 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 So and yet you've you've been able to find a way to to find some comfort and and to be very generous in the midst of everything that you're going through. And so I've I've gotten to meet with folks like you and I've thought I hear this amazing insight on how to live through life's challenges. Um, And it's sort of, of course, you share this with your family and friends, but I thought, gosh, it feels like it's ending with me. And that these things are so, these these insights that I hear all day long in my work as a chaplain, I I want to share them with the world. So so when you approached me and we, we kind of brainstormed this idea, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is the way to help patients share their incredible insight um with with the world. Yes. Yeah. And sharing, I think sharing is caring and it it it, it just brings the world together mm, in yeah. a more positive light mm-hmm. with so much negativity going on. 
Right. Right. It's part of that, that, that wellspring of positivity that's, that's within you. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to share that positivity with the world too. It, it, it means so much for people who are in, you know, a dark place. Um, so, so I wonder, Rodney, kind of what are your hopes for this project? You know, we've done, we did a book reading. So we brought together the book, the first edition. There were seven stories. Um, had the pamphlet with your beautiful picture on the front. Um, <laughs> and you. then, yes, it was fantastic. <laughs> and then, um, and then now we have 14, about 14 stories, working on some more. Um, and we're publishing those on our website as well as um, doing this podcast. I just wonder um, what your hopes are for those who read the stories, for those who listen to the stories and the interviews. What are you hoping for in this project? For, for this as a podcast or as a whole? For the people who are listening, like, you know, right now, for um, anyone who might listen, who anyone I who want might people read. to be more more aware and yeah, to open their hearts because maybe they they can help to open up more people's hearts and minds. I want everybody all over the world to be able to hear and be like, "Wow, what can we do?" I want them to be able to reach out to us and ask us, what do you need? Mm-hmm. What would you like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you've also mentioned, too, in the introduction that we did for the first edition, you spoke about this beautiful words to the patients that would be reading it, um, that, um, that it's okay sometimes to feel down. It is. Yeah. Because you have to be you. We... we we might want to smile all day, but what we deal with from day to day in life, as life goes by and goes on, we're, we're not in the mood to smile every day or we're in too much pain to smile mm-hmm. at that moment. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's okay to feel down. It's okay to be discouraged. It's okay to even be mad. It's okay to shed tears. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm and I'm also just struck by, you know, the encouragement too that you shared and and are sharing now and in your writing and and how um you know, it's also it's also good to to keep moving to you know, try to do as much as you can to know that you can do more than you might think that you can do. Yes. And that you're not alone in what you're doing. And don't give up on yourself. Mm. Always know, even if you have to go to your mirror and say to yourself, I'm someone great. Mm. I'm someone special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what people may say or what they may think of you, you have to encourage yourself mm-hmm. to let yourself know, oh, I can make this. I can do this. It may take me a little longer to do it, but I can do it. Yeah. I'll get it done. Yeah, yeah. And I almost just want to say to whoever's listening, if you're feeling kind of in a in a dark place or feeling, you know, um, having a lot of sorrow and suffering, um, that that you are, you know, worthy, and that um, 
And you're here for a reason. You're, yes. And a purpose. Exactly. And you are great no matter what you're facing. Mm. You are someone great. You can smile on the inside if you can't smile on the outside mm. because you're here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And know yeah. your worth. You are worth more than anybody can imagine. Mm. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I I hope you know folks to see how just profound um, <laughs> you are, and you really are. Thank you. You really are um, incredible uh, minister. You're incredible poet, writer, speaker, um, and have so much. This is what I hear all the time, folks. I'm so blessed to be able to hear this wonderful words and. Mm. Um, and I'm really glad that, that you all have been able to join us um, as we share with you today. Um, Rodney, before we go, I wonder if there's any parting words, um, a prayer, any thought that you would like to share. Well, knowing who I am, I will leave you with a prayer. Mm, wonderful. Father God, just want to say thank you for this brand new day. Thank you for this time and this place. And I ask that you bless each and every listener, every person, Mm -hmm. every home, every hospital, every person all over the world. And Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Rodney, for joining us and taking the time. Thank you for having me. And if you need me, I'll I'll be glad to do it again. Yeah, yeah. And and I can't say this enough enough times. I know I've shared it before, but I cannot share enough how grateful I am to you um, for for bringing this this idea forward and um, for your motivation and your help with it. It's really, really incredible. Oh, the best is yet to come. We have more ideas <laughs> we coming. We got more. We do. <laughs> we have more ideas coming. <laughs> There's always more, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. This episode of In the Midst of It All was made possible by the generous support of the Yale Cancer Center, Yale New Haven Hospital, the Yale Palliative Care Program, and the Yale New Haven Department of Spiritual Care. Huge gratitude for Rodney Staggers, a man with cerebral palsy who helped birth this idea and has been a huge creative motivator. Thank you to Ellen Hoverkamp, an artist with metastatic lung cancer, who created the artwork for our podcast. You can find her artwork at myneighborsgarden.com. A big shout out to Emily Montemerlo, who, among other things, helps edit the stories you have heard and who just is a lovely support in every way. And Ryan McAvoy, who helps record and edit the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit that subscribe button and tell your friends. It would mean so much to us and to all our podcast guests if you would leave it a review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love to hear how this podcast has helped you. Okay, friends, we will post our next story and interview soon. But in the meantime, check out more stories on the Yale New Haven Hospital Yale Cancer Center website. This is In the Midst of It All with me, Chaplain Jane.